0: Hello and welcome to Jumpstart Weekly, the weekly manga podcast where we read all the chapters on Shonen Jump on Viz's website, as well as something else every week. I'm your host, Jeremy. And I'm your host, Kevin. Hi. (laughs) Hi. We're introduced. We're joined by a guest this week. As we alluded to last week, we have Zach. Hi, Zach. Hello. I've been here before. He has, back when we talked about Berserk. He's also on my other two podcasts, It's a Gundam and Last Time on Video Games. So he should theoretically know what he's doing. That is uh, supposing an awful lot, don't you think? That's it theoretically. So because Zach's here, we read Claymore at his request, which the only thing I know about Claymore was it was a series Zach likes, (laughs) which is not quite the only thing I knew about Berserk. Yeah,
1: you initially recommended Berserk to me.
2: I know a little bit, or I knew a little bit about Claymore. I guess I still only know a little bit about Claymore. I, I can't remember if I had read some of it or seen some of it.
1: I initially had watched through the anime that was made years ago, and I got it when Claymore, or not Claymore, when Netflix still released or sent you DVDs. Yeah. That was part of my big spurt in getting a lot of those things from there.
0: All I know about the anime is there is an ad in the back of the volume of Claymore I had that said, by the makers of Trigun, <laughs> the Claymore anime. And I was like, huh, well, that that makes it of a time, huh?
1: This one has an advertisement for the Claymore anime, and then for Blue Exorcist and uh, Seraph of the End.
0: Yeah, I think mine is exactly the same. I think we have exactly the same
1: printing. It's probably the most recent printing of them.
0: Most likely. Anyway, before we get to that, we have a bunch of chapters to talk about from Shonen Jump this week, so let's get to it, starting with One Piece chapter 951, Rampage. Should we ask our guest what he thought of this, even though we don't know he doesn't like... One Piece, Kevin. Sure. <laughs> Zach, what did you think of this chapter of One Piece? Honestly, like,
1: like you alluded to, I'm not a big One Piece fan. I thought it was, like, a relatively. Tr- it seemed like it was setting up future stuff. Like, most of the characters or main characters aren't in it. I think I recognized a couple of them, and it's mostly just, like, listing off wanted posters for them. Either that or I missed something, because I don't know who any of the characters are.
0: I would say it's more paying some stuff off than setting some stuff up. Although, one of the things that's so good about One Piece is it's very good at doing both at the same time. Yeah. But yeah, definitely none of the main characters really appear here.
2: What do you mean? Almost, I mean, Luffy doesn't really show up, but almost all the rest of the Straw Hats show up.
0: Well, yeah, but they're not driving the action. No. Like, they're just kind of talking about, hey, what are we going to do? Whereas it's more that Law and Big Mom are kind of acting. Yeah. And we find out about the Navy that Asherah, like, has found. I guess Derelict Navy.
2: Yes, a bunch of busted, (laughs) broken down ships. I just love he was like, look at all these ships. They're going to need (laughs) a bit of fixing up.
0: It's like, it's okay. We have a cyborg mechanic. We'll be good.
2: Yep. But he needs to show up in order to fix all this, and it'll take him an hour.
0: Yeah, I thought it was a pretty good chapter of One Piece myself. Mostly the big mom Kaido stuff at the end, which is really just promise for a fight that's going to happen probably next week, or knowing One Piece in like four weeks, but I guess nothing's happening next week.
2: Yeah, so I guess we can just jump right into that.
0: Yeah, we won't have an episode next week because there is no issue of Shannon Jump next week.
2: Which basically the only reason we found that out was that all of the chapters say they'll be coming out two weeks from now.
0: That's the only way we ever find out.
2: No, that's not true. Sometimes they actually mention that, you know, like, hey, it's Golden Week, we're going to be off or something like that. Like, it's something that makes a lot of sense. Is there a holiday or something around that time? I was curious
1: about that. You guys are usually more on top of that than I am.
0: I meant to look it up, but I don't know. I don't think so. It's not uncommon for Shonen Jump to miss one in the summer, but I don't know if there's a specific reason for it this week or not. I should have looked that up.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm used to Golden Week, them
0: having that off, because that's a big holiday over in Japan. And New Year's. It might be for back to school, actually. Although back to school would have already happened in Japan, so never mind. Anyway, I enjoyed this chapter of One Piece, but yeah, it, like most of the chapters this week, is not a jumping on point, which is one of the kind of problems with slash most amusing part of having guests on this podcast is that they just have to kind of dive in and kind of figure out what they can get legs with. And yep. Reading it with that perspective gave me some more appreciation for certain series this week, but for the most part, it's just kind of dropping you in. Which leads us to this week's one shot. Hey, Zach, were you worried that we weren't going to read something super, super weird the week that you were a guest? I didn't
1: think anything
0: of it when I spotted it
1: and knew you guys hadn't talked about it. I'm like, oh, it looks like a new series. Oh, wait, that says one shot. Okay, this should be fine. (laughs) And then I opened it up and was very
0: confused. What did you think of F Ken, Kevin? Uh, I like the illustrator.
2: I don't know that I like this illustration, but I like <laughs> the illustrator.
0: Yeah, so F Ken stands for Fetish Kendo, and this is a one-shot about a kendo club whose manager uses the boys' fetishes to make them better at kendo. I Only this was it's, it's really stupid. It's yes. better than it sounds, <laughs> but yes, it's also really stupid.
2: I just I. Got bothered a bit by it, especially because it kind of, like, oh, yeah, I like, horribly corrupted these kids, and they're, like, scarred for life, except for the captain who figured out that all he was missing was, like, fighting spirit, essentially, and even at the end, he was like, all right, and you need to change these guys back, and the manager being like, oh, no, I, I can't do that, and it's like, so you just, like, ruined these four kids' lives? Like, yeah, okay, they're okay at Kendo now, because... They do score points, but they score points so well sometimes they get disqualified.
1: Yeah, I I really did not like this series, because it's... Or not series, this one, one shot, shot, it's yeah. just...
0: It's very out there, and that's part of what I appreciate about manga. Like, you're seeing it through this weird, different cultural lens, and manga is a lot less censored and restrained than anime. But at the end of the day, yes, it's just very strange. Yeah, I I wasn't a fan of this. So that brings us to something all three of us are a fan of. My Hero Academia, Chapter 238, Liberation. Zach, you're a My Hero Academia guy now who has no idea what's going on in the manga. I have a vague idea
1: because I've heard you guys talking about it. That's
0: true. You probably could have said that, oh yeah, they're on like a villain arc right now.
1: Yeah, and I know that much, but having not been reading through the entire fight, I it ended up feeling, to me, again, kind of like, it seemed like it was the end of a fight or in getting into a kind of a transition-y thing with a couple of characters I didn't recognize and Hansi, who's apparently super-powered now, or even more super-powered.
0: Well, yeah, he just had his anime power up. He unlocked <laughs> he, he, his he,
2: hidden fighting potential.
0: Using the power of backstory, he became more powerful.
2: <laughs> like a real shonen protagonist.
0: Yeah, I, I
1: know, I know that, it's just... He's one of those characters that seems like if he, with with this particular power, like he's
0: too powerful when he's like that. Deku just got a huge power up as well. So kind of necessary to make him feel like the underdog. And a problem I've always had with Tomura is he doesn't feel like a serious enough threat in a lot of ways. Although I also see where you're coming from. Yeah,
1: being able to disintegrate things, especially being able to disintegrate things from like, a Like at range? Being able to disintegrate things is already really powerful.
0: That was already his thing, though. I know. And his enemy, the monarch, decides to go full Tagoro and hit 150% power to match him. But it's pretty much just a transition in the fight. Yes. A lot of times, my hero chapters feel way too brief to me, which I mentioned a lot on this podcast. Yeah. And that was this was definitely a chapter like that. Where it was just a little bit of fight. Yep.
2: A little bit of fight, a lot of talking. I do think it was kind of cool that Redestro, when he was fighting Tomura, was like, I've been fighting to liberate metahumans, or, you know, the people with quirks, and Tomura has now liberated himself. Like, oh no, what am I going to do? Kind of thing. Like, he he has finally embraced himself. Kind of thing, which was neat.
0: Yeah, like I said, this arc, is think, is going to play really well in the anime, and probably even really well in a couple of collected volumes of manga. But chapter to chapter, it's just not really working for me.
2: Yeah, there's too much time between readings, and I'm not that invested in it.
1: It loses a lot of dramatic tension when it's only a weekly
2: thing, right? Yeah. Well, and it it does depend, because sometimes the dramatic tension, like, it being a weekly thing forces the dramatic tension up. But the fact that it's been going on for so long and I'm not, it's like, hey, I mean, this is kind of cool. But doing that every week makes it seem less and less cool as time goes on. Because haven't
1: they been going through basically all the villains and giving them the backstory ba- uh, backstory power up?
2: Not quite
0: not all th- of them, but it is more or less what's going on right now. Yeah. And, like, I feel like we have more focused villains than we have focused heroes right now, almost. Like, I guess that's not quite true. There's... there's Todorokoro and Bakugo. Who's Totokoro? Todoroki. Okay, <laughs> I'm like uh, I know I got it wrong. Todoroki and Bakugo, and I guess there are more now. Asui, but it just it definitely is going on for a while. And speaking of just fights, that brings us to Demon Slayer chapter one. Nice rumbling. It's one sixty nine. Okay.
1: <laughs> yeah, I I know Jeremy how he. Always does that, so I always I
0: just know what he's talking about. Which is again pretty much an entire fight chapter. Although because Demon Slayer, the art is so strong when they're doing that, it ends up working a lot better than my hero does, in my opinion. I didn't know
1: who either one of these characters
0: was. don't worry. Well, actually, I do know who the the bad guy here is. I did not know who Ball and Chain guy was, except for what Kevin has told me. I loved the fight scene in that. Yeah, it's super good. Like I'm always talking about. The art in Demon Slayer is really what makes it. It's not like the anime, but the anime is also good in a different way. Yeah. It's a good adaptation of this. But, like, if you're at all interested in the anime, I recommend you actually check out the manga because it looks really good. You know, the action does. I, I've commented about how everybody has the same face before, and that's not the best, but it's our really cool fight scene between the Earth Hashira, who has a ball and chain.
2: Not just a ball and chain. It's So it's a ball and chain, and then the other end has an axe on it.
0: And the Demon Swordsman, Upper Moon One guy. Yep. And it's... Well, I, I don't know what to say about it, besides it's a very cool fight. It felt very dynamic. Yeah, they always do, but this was an exceptional piece of Demon Slayer.
2: Yep. I also thought it was cool. So they revealed that the Upper Moon One sword is actually made of his own flesh. So even though it gets broken in the middle of the fight, it reforms itself because demons can regenerate, which was really cool.
0: It's a neat idea. And a lot of this is similar to My Hero Academia, kind of from the villain's perspective, this chapter in particular. Yeah. it's kind of He's kind of become the underdog, and it the ending cliffhanger is kind of him being like, okay, I have to use this power now. Yep. So I really enjoyed Demon Slayer this week. I, yeah. It sounds like you guys did too.
2: No, yeah, it's All great. Right, I, I always loved the fight scenes in Demon Slayer.
0: I had a lot of fun. Which brings us to something a lot less fighty, which is Act Age, Scene 76, Chance of Victory. And I'm curious again what Zach thought of this chapter, because I liked it a lot, but also Act Age, I feel like, is even more than a lot of other Shannon manga. If you get thrown into the middle of it, you just have no idea what's going on. <laughs> so, this is
1: one of the few places where I put enough text down to actually use a notepad, and I, I would probably care more if I knew more, but Rage, I understand. <laughs>
0: Oh, yeah, because <laughs> this is the rival character who wants to defeat the main character. And it's all from her perspective and her using her spite because the character she's playing is spiteful towards her rival in her acting, which is pretty cool. We've already seen that she's going to use method acting dun, 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 <laughs> for this role. Yeah. So, and I like that. Like the last cliffhanger set up that she has her director to use that he's also like, okay, I'm going to do everything I can to help you beat K. And like the stakes feel really high for her because they talk about how she's kind of throwing away her idol status to do this role. Yep. So if it does not pay off for her, her career is basically over, which is like a thing that happens to child actors all the time. Yeah. So I actually find it really compelling.
2: Yeah, I really like that she was like, regardless of how this play comes out, my angel status is done. So, like, in order to... I'm betting everything on this. And I just... I really like that moment of it.
1: Yeah. Well, I like the ideas that are portrayed in this chapter for the series. I just... Like I said, Don't know I, who if anyone I, is. If I knew who the people were and I was more invested, I'd probably care a lot more. But <laughs> I understood the message behind it, which is saying something.
0: Yeah, and shown in anime, I think, is in a lot of ways at its best when it's about two rivals who are equally strong characters. Uh, which doesn't actually happen that often in this sort of manga, because a lot of times the rival gets less development or ends up being just so much more important that are well-written than the main character. And so I feel like they've really tapped into that in Act Age. And this isn't the first time the rival's shown up or anything, but this is the first time I really felt that in this series.
2: Yeah, we haven't... Because I haven't gotten caught up on Act Age either. That's another thing on my backlog. But we haven't... Like, we've seen her before, but we haven't really seen... She's just kind of been there as opposed to, like, been in the spotlight.
0: At the same time, all this has been building up, so it all feels supernatural from what we have seen of her. Yeah. So that brings us to another of my favorite series, which is The Last Sayuki Chapter 22, Before Daybreak, which is more kind of just flashback origin stuff.
2: Yeah, but with a good new kind of, not call to arms, kind of a new Ryanosuke and... Koharu bonding, which I liked.
0: Yeah, I, it actually is weirdly reminding me of the end of Neolation, or I guess the Twilight of Neolation, we are like, here, let's throw the backstory at you all. Oh no, we're cancelled. <laughs> so I'm really hoping Last Yuki doesn't get cancelled, which I feel like I say every week now. But this, I don't think this was the strongest chapter of the series. This like whole little arc I haven't liked quite as much. Still one of the series I look forward to most in Shonen Jump, but I was, not like, super impressed by this one. What were your thoughts on this one, Zach? Because I feel like all you know about Last Sayuki is me and Kevin are always hyping it up. Pretty much
1: that, which is probably one of the reasons why initially, when I was reading through it, I'm like, yeah, I mean, this is this is pretty standard stuff. And then I got to, like, the last two pages and was like, all right, that that's, that's what I'm here for, is this kind of thing. Like the yeah. emotional moments? Yeah, that, that's definitely what I'm here for. So... That jumped it considerably from what I was going to put it down for is just because, like, again, that's what I'm here for.
0: Yeah, and I really like the developing relationship, or like, I guess, the revealing relationship between Rionosuke's dad and his new master. Like, the reveal that he called him there is yeah. kind of a big deal, but that's only like a long term. You have to, like, that's not like an obvious character development movement. It's more like a reveal about the character. Yeah. Although I felt the cliffhanger was kind of weak, with it just being Estelle, being like, hey, you guys have to promise me something. Like, that could be literally anything.
1: Yeah, I mean, I would definitely agree with you on that. And it was the moment right before that with Koharu and Rienosuke that I was that's strong, I was so happy with, and I thought was so strong.
0: Yeah, that's why I like the series so much. I've said it sort of day one. I just really like adopted sister narratives, mm-hmm. and this one is super good at that. And also the fight scenes are really cool, but we didn't really get any of that this week. No. Which brings us to another series that I know Zach is familiar with because he's read it before for this podcast, and also because I know he watched season one of the anime, which is We Never Learn, Chapter 122, Thus They Quietly Celebrate X. And I was talking about how I appreciated certain series more, and I really liked We Never Learn when we started this podcast. And I think it's because it's a series that's just super easy to get into, Yeah, when you're reading Shonen Jump, and I think that's super valuable. Unfortunately, it means when you're reading it every week like we are, it kind of just comes down to the same thing, which is why for so long my notes were just shenanigans. But I definitely think it's something that Shonen Jump needs almost more of, because I feel like it might be the only series like that in there right now. Probably.
2: Yeah, it it really is one of the few ones that you can just kind of hop into, and it's while it doesn't always top our list anymore, it's definitely one of those series that it's like, oh yeah, it's the new chapter of We Never Learn. And it, like, I'm basically guaranteed to at least have fun reading it, even if I might like other stuff more. I have never been disappointed in it. I guess I've been disappointed in the fact that like a, a singular chapter might be worse, but I'm never like, oh, that, w- that was a weird We Never Learn.
0: Yeah. It's consistent. Yeah.
1: I really liked the chapter, if I'm honest.
0: I mean, that doesn't surprise me because I know you like We Never Learn, And also, like I just said, you can just like fall into it and there's nothing really keeping you out. And if you know the characters, you're going to get more out of it. And even though you haven't read the last hundred chapters worth of content, you still know the characters all enough for... That like there's no reason to lose anything here.
1: Well, and like I said, the the kind of emotional moments, even if most of the chapter is shenanigans, there are a yeah. couple of them in there that I'm I'm def- that's what I'm here for. It's not so much the fights, it's those moments that I like so much.
0: And yeah. I'm in the same boat with you there. And like this one has a super strong one at the end. It's a super strong chapter if we never learn on top of that. The basic plot is that Yugiya and kirisu Sensei's sister are hiding in her closet while she goes to shop at Super Kawaii for a cake and they just like kind of fall out and she's like what were you doing in my closet as she's (laughs) celebrating her birthday
1: alone yeah yeah
2: because we don't we don't know that they're in there at first that's true so it just starts off with her kind of celebrating her birthday alone super sad and the two of them fall out of her closet it's like we were and so they go into this of they were planning a surprise party but she came home faster than they expected so they jumped into the closet
0: and there's also a bit where he's like, isn't this a super invasion of privacy? And his sister's like, no, she gave me a key. And he's like, was she drunk? <laughs> and she's immediately like, yes, your privileges are revoked. And this is a very cute panel yeah. of the sister squirming and trying to get the key back.
2: Well, and I really liked. she was like, what? No. And she was like, she gave her some alcohol. Whiskey, yeah. Al- well, they were bonbons with alcohol in them. So it was like, I didn't get her drunk. It was like, yeah, but you have to know that she is the lightest <laughs> drinker ever. Like you could probably make her smell some alcohol and she'd get tipsy.
0: Yes, and then there's this really good bit where her sister get her a creepy little sister doll that looks exactly like her. It's like now you can shower a doll with sisterly love even when I'm not here. Just like, like mine, <laughs> and she
2: gets her really big Kurosu Sensei doll, uh, life size doll out. It's not quite life size, but
0: it was it was very big. And yu gi he's like, oh, I didn't have time to give you a gift, so here's a coupon that will make me do anything you want for you. And then their minds immediately go to pervy things, Well, Yugi's just like, what? And yeah, he, he was doing years. the little kid <laughs> yeah.
2: gift to a parent kind of thing, like, here's a coupon to do my chores.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so, like Which is kind of his relationship with her. He's always cleaning her apartment. But yes. her sister doesn't know that, and also, Kirisu has a dirty mind. So. Yes. But then the emotional moment Zach was talking about, she gets drunk and she writes, Hey, pass all your exams on it, which is, again, a super strong bit that really brings the chapter home. Yeah. From what is mostly shenanigans, like most we never learn chapters, but it has one of those super strong endings the series pulls off every once in a while, and it's better chapters. Yep. So no transition. Next we have Samurai 8, chapter 13 I Saw a Hero, which is pretty okay, I think. Someone else take the lead on this. There were
1: a couple of moments. Like with the cat prepping his big super attack, I didn't actually really understand what he was doing.
0: I was going to say, yeah, the fight scenes, especially in contrast to something like Demon Slayer, even My Hero Academia, weren't they weren't super good, are against Super Muddy here, which is a problem we've had with some chapters of Samurai 8. The last one was another one like that. Kevin, you're being silent. I don't know if you're agreeing or if you're getting ready to have a counterpoint.
2: I was waiting for a pause. Gotcha. And now I forget what I was doing because you called me out on it.
1: I mean, once I was very confused and then he actually used like this full panel spread like big beast attack thingy, which I thought was really cool looking.
0: Yeah, it reminds me again a lot of the end of Naruto when Sasuke and Naruto are basically piloting giant chakra mechs at each other. (laughs) Oh, which is something that Samurai 8s had baked in from the beginning.
2: Yeah. I also love that he puts his sword away and pulls out a toothpick from Takayaki. I, I think that's how you pronounce that. The Octopu- fried octopus? Yeah, the fried octopus uh, dough balls. And he that's what he uses for his Atmos slasher, the giant attack.
0: Yeah, so that he won't destroy the planet and will just yep, he's kill like, the bad guy. Yep. All right, I can't use a
2: real sword, so here's this toothpick. Let's go.
0: Yeah, it's a cool bit, but unfortunately, a lot of the fight is just kind of muddy. Cliffhanger at the end is kind of interesting, but not really what I expected, and so also in a little bit off putting. I mean,
1: I liked the chapter. I just was a little bit confused on the fight, and I mean I like the cliffhanger. I like what it means for going forward or what it what it could portend, I
2: guess.
0: Yeah, we've definitely got this like weird conspiracy background with Hachimaru's dad. Yeah. So like the cliffhanger is that there are a bunch of other Hachimarus, basically. Yep. Clones isn't the right word but maybe it is. Maybe Hachimaro is a clone of someone and these all are... Well, because
2: they mentioned that they made, like, false key holders. Yeah. So, Hachimaru, it like, there's... There was supposed to be seven of them for the seven keys, and Hachimaru's the eighth. And it's like they're only... Because the, Aki mentions that there's only supposed to be seven keys. You don't need to exist.
0: Yeah. it's Actually, I didn't pick up on that, and I don't know why, because it's super obvious now that you're saying that.
2: Yeah. And it I, makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I thought it was a pretty cool kind of ending like oh yeah we made they are all kind of clones but it was unlike like making a person or copying a person they like made a template and then just made seven of them and Hachimaru's dad must have done something because Hachimaru looks slightly different from the rest of them like he's got the white hair but they are very similar and so that'll be cool to explore
0: yeah I kind of got like a Disney plot vibe off it like he's a failure that his dad Like, took away. Totally possible. Due to compassion, because we've seen his dad is a pretty compassionate guy, and I am looking forward to getting more detail on his backstory. Yeah. Wondering if he'll survive now, since like I talked about last week, his death would be pretty clean, but, I mean, I don't want him to die necessarily. Yeah. I just think, if you compare this story to Naruto, it seems like it's learned a lot, Not that Naruto was bad by any stretch. It's so popular for a reason. Yep. But... It seems like his second try, he's like, he just is a lot tighter at a, as a plotter. Yeah. We are going to talk about Food Wars the Dessert Chapter 2. The, I think, penultimate chapter of Food Wars? It was unclear to me whether this is going to be a three or four chapter epilogue.
2: I don't think they ever mentioned it, so it's I up think in the it- air
1: did say it was come there was going to be another chapter. I know there's going to be
2: at least one more. We don't know if there's going to be two more. They didn't no. me- they mentioned there's going to be an epilogue. I don't think they said whether it was a 3 chapter or a 4 chapter one. Maybe five. I I don't think
0: 5, but who knows. It's interesting that Soma continues to be mostly absent from the story in the epilogue. He is functionally absent from the epilogue. I'm guessing
2: it's going to be I, this this is what makes me think that it's going to be a four-chapter epilogue, and so he's going to show up next chapter.
0: Like at the end of the chapter, you at, think? Y-
2: yeah, kind of close. Maybe not right at the end, but close to the end, and then the last chapter is going to be with him in it.
0: So what did you think of this chapter of Jerry Springer, Zach?
1: <laughs> I really, really liked this chapter, because this is, like I said, this is kind of my thing. Because it goes through in, like, meeting Soma's mom, who had been somebody entirely absent.
0: We have seen her once in the series so far in the manga, but it was very brief. I don't think I. I don't think I've seen her. No, because you've only read the read the, an- or read the anime. <laughs> you've only read the anime, Zach. So you wouldn't have. Well, mostly <laughs> true because I
1: did watch it subtitled. So, <laughs> but like I really liked the ho- like the whole story with Jiritsu and Soma's mom, and then of course going into Cyba being Arina's brother. I'm like, I would probably care more about Saiba if I knew more about him, but I really like this beat because of how well it parallels with everything else.
0: Maybe. yeah. yeah I, I'm not a big Saiba fan myself. I didn't mind the beat at all. I'm not a huge Cyber fan either, but
2: no, I did I, I, I did like the beat. That was just my thought. Is like, yeah. I'd
1: probably care more if I knew more about Saiba because I only had that one chapter where I even saw... You know, met him. I don't know yep. anything about
0: him, really. And certainly, I wanted him to be resolved because when I found out Food Wars was ending, he was the character that really seemed to me like it's super weird how he just was like, I'm going to leave to find myself. And then the series was over. It really seemed like they needed to go somewhere with this. But like the Aaron up basically mob bossing her family back together, that's super good stuff. That's, that's a yep. great
1: moment. Like one of the moments that I damn near jumped out of my chair and praised was when Erina decks her dad because as soon as that guy showed up I've been wanting somebody to do that yeah so that was just plain great
2: yeah I definitely loved her tyrannical we are having family dinner
0: (laughs) family dinner is mandatory you will attend I have to go get my brother now that I have a brother I didn't super care for the romance stuff between Ichiro and Soma's mom just because it seemed really rushed and typical, which is what happens when you have to get it in a chapter and it's a flashback anyway. But I did super love that like Soma like has parent teacher conferences and his mom like has to get her punk hair straightened and to look like a nice mom.
2: Yeah,
1: <laughs> I just I, I just
0: really liked like
1: meeting having her show up and it's like oh I, that that actually kind of makes. Soma make
0: a lot more sense. Yeah. That's true. He takes after his mom. Yeah. His hair, is ju- his hair spikes out just like his mother's. Yep. Well, yeah, I mean,
1: that's how that's how genetics works, right?
0: Yeah, Goku's mom had the spikiest hair. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, Yugi Moto's mom. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so, yeah, I really like the chapter. It was difficult to rank since I actually read it last week, but we wanted to save it for when we had Zach on since he's a big Food Wars guy. And it's a pretty good chapter. Continuing to be sad that Food Wars is going to be over soon, but at least this epilogue is meant we got to say bye to it slowly instead of, it's just suddenly over, which is how it felt when it was suddenly over. And
1: it is kind of wrapping up a few things from what you guys have said.
0: Yeah, I, despite me talking about it being weird that is not here, the other characters are the ones I actually wanted resolution on, for the most part.
2: Yeah, so this is nice that we... Because... We just don't pay attention to manga news because they actually knew that this was the last arc. Not a huge time in advance, but like a couple of months in advance.
0: About a month in
2: advance. Was it a month? Okay.
0: Like when I went to research it, yeah, it had been announced. But Shonen Jump, oddly, like the Viz website doesn't do a good job of conveying manga news at all.
2: They have a podcast that I think does, but the problem is it's like an hour and a half long podcast. And... I have to record a podcast, listen to a bunch of other stuff and work. So I kind of run out of time to listen to things. So it, it kind of sucks that they don't have like a short, concise, you know, here are the show notes for the podcast. It's like, no, nah, it's just, this was a podcast. This, these are the people on it. And it's, you know, sometimes it's almost two hours.
0: It's, okay. So last but not least, we have the promise Neverland chapter 145 respective reasons, which is another very set up chapter we kind of had two in a row now like last week really was like hey we all have to get together and this week was how are we gonna get together oh horses cool yep what did you think of promise neverland zach you had a face like you have something to say
1: (laughs) this whole like chapter i looked at and was like this is generic because it's it it is like it's the generic we're getting ready to go into battle we all liked serving with you you gave us a purpose and oh no he's dying too all right
0: yeah, I I can definitely see where you're coming from from that angle because, like I said, to me it felt like very much an extension of last week of oh hey we all have to get together for this climax and now they're like can we walk? No, we'll be too slow. Oh no, quadrupeds. <laughs> <laughs> they did have this is
1: one weakness. They did have the horses up here, and I'm like, well, that was convenient.
0: Yeah, it definitely is. Even in, like that that was not an element that was set up. Yeah, It would make more sense for Emma to have teleportation towers now. I'm like, I'm not joking about that. That would have been more set up than the horses.
2: Yes. I did really like the beat where it turns out that Norman is dying as well. Because, like, the rest of the Lambda subjects we knew were sick. But it was never really shown that Norman was at all.
0: And that also kind of
2: explains why he's
0: in such a rush. Yeah, he's like, oh no, I'm dying, I have to get this done now. Yeah. So I also like that beat, but it does seem like Promise Neverland is taking its time and getting to a climax. It's also well, might be hard for it to go on after this. So, I mean, shown in arcs, you can this, always have something else go on. No, Aliens no, no, no. can this always show This is the up. last arc. Is it? Do we yeah. know that for sure?
2: Yeah, they mentioned that. This okay. is the final arc of Promise Neverland. Promised Neverland.
0: I, it feels like it. Just like I said, in shonen anime, you can always have aliens show up and tell the main character they are an alien, and then you can go on for another anime.
2: Yeah, but they... And
0: and then you can get wished back into being a kid and go on for another anime after that.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Yeah, I was reading an article where they mentioned that this is the final arc of Promised Neverland. They were also... It was a article that spliced in the talk with a Dr. Stone creator about the changing demographic because Promise Neverland is also one of the really popular manga over in Japan that's kind of different from most shonen manga.
0: That shonen jump is finally kind of getting past their Dragon Ball Z love. Not getting past, but the audience is finally shifted towards something else is the most popular thing. Yeah, like
2: with both both Promise Neverland and Dr. Stone, it's more about intuition and thought than fighting strength and friendship doesn't necessarily always win it's you know friendship isn't the greatest superpower of all time
1: to be fair dragon ball z didn't really have that either
0: yeah dragon ball z has a surprisingly little amount of friendship when you go back to it there's some between goku and krillin like the piccolo arc has a lot of that in it but yeah once you get to the saiyans the friendship don't do nothing well Frieza is impervious to friendship as well,
1: well, I mean krillin and Goku's friendship is what makes Goku go super Saiyan after Frieza kills him that's Although I'm,
0: true i I'm not
1: sure why since you know everybody else dies too, so because
0: they're best friends, yeah,
1: that's yeah, probably because Frieza kills him in front of Goku or yeah also everybody doesn't see anyone, dies anyone else off die. I, he
0: sees he sees Vegeta die but he also doesn't see the killing blow there, and also Vegeta was kind of a dick. <laughs>
2: But more what I meant is, so like in Dr. Stone, there are moments where Senku's and Taju's friendship doesn't end up saving the day. I like, know what you mean. It is a focus, it is a focus that they're friends, but it's not like because we're friends, we can overcome it, everything. And I'm that-
0: thinking of the bit early on where what's, his, uh, Tsukasa attacks Taiju and he's like, you can beat me up as much as you want, so don't kill anyone. And Tsukasa's like, that doesn't make any sense. That isn't the deal. <laughs> yep. <laughs>
2: Yeah, stuff like that. So just the changing demographic. And it's kind of interesting to see where stuff will be going. It will be sad to see Promise Neverland go. It's something I've really enjoyed.
0: It will, but at the same time, I think it's better
2: for it go go out on a high note. I definitely always love stories that know when to end. Like Gravity Falls is still one of my favorite cartoons because the guy wrote three seasons. Like, all right, here is my story arc and that was it. He didn't try to extend it, even though it got super popular. It's not like, you know, some of those sitcoms that just keep going and going and going and eventually lose the point. And I then mean, you get I
0: wished d- into being a
1: child. <laughs> I mean yeah. like, I like Kill a Kill a lot, but that one ended right where, you know, they didn't try and keep going after that, even yeah, though it, they probably could have if they really wanted to. It's and like, exactly is that. where the ending is. I,
2: I always like that, and I don't mind when stories... So the Mistborn trilogy for uh, Brandon Sanderson, they come back to the world, but they don't come back to the characters. And I like when they do stuff like that. Like, well, all right.
1: Some of the characters continue on, but for various one. reasons.
2: <laughs> one dude continues on because the, the I think it's Alloy of Law series is like 400 years later. So there's one dude who made himself immortal who continues on, but everyone else is dead. Huh. Okay. Yeah. It's it's really good stuff because it's like, oh this is a really cool setting and I really like, you know, the way that the story was done. And so it's like, yeah, we're just going to tell a different story in this in the same setting, which is neat. And so I don't mind when stories do that, but I always hate when they're like, well let's just keep extending it. Like, well you've kind of lost the point. And then they get canceled instead of ending, and that is almost always bad.
1: Because then you got to rush
2: to wrap it up. Yeah, and it never it doesn't feel like a good ending versus if a series is planning to end like even though One Piece has been going on forever he has a storyline and it will end at some point and it won't continue anymore regardless of how long it's been going
0: except for knowing Toei will get One Piece babies as an anime continuing it like we have Boruto and got GT
2: yeah but I mean that'll be in the anime and I don't watch (laughs) that
0: I know so that tangent brings us to Jump Card Jump Card is the segment where we rank all the series we read this week from worst to best, and we have 20 this week and a guest, so let's get right into it. Zach, what do you have at the bottom of the list? F Ken. <laughs> I have it a little higher than that, because I at least thought it was a little bit fun, but I have a th- No nope, feeling... bottom of the list. Yeah. I have Beast Children at the bottom of the list. I'm starting to think Kevin's hatred towards sports manga has infected me. It's uh, not that I hate sports manga, it's that I'm indifferent to them.
1: I, like I said, mine is more of like I have blocks of where I put put ratings out of five for things. So this just happens to be one of the ones that only got a one.
0: Yeah, I mean, I just didn't like Beast Children this week, just like I didn't last week. The characters all look the same to me, and it seems like it's hammering the same point in again and again. Yeah. What do you have at 19, Zach? Double tie, say. <laughs> I also put Double tie, say a little. By a little, I mean, one point higher than that. But I, what did, what was your feelings on Double tie? say, Zach, since Kevin and I hate it? I hate would made strong probably
1: feel more, like, invested in this series if I knew how to play Shogi. But since I don't know how to play Shogi and they're not explaining anything, like, this is this move, and I'm like neat. I don't know what that means.
2: This is actually the first time they have done that.
0: Yes, this is the first time any actual shogi has been in the manga. Even worse than I would be even (laughs) No, they
2: mentioned the sitting king thing before, so there has been some shogi. But but this is the first, like, literal shogi stuff, and I have the exact same thing. It's not much higher for me, but the exact same thing of, I don't know how to play shogi, so I don't, like, I understand the strategy that he's going for, And it's like, I like the, and that's why it went a little bit higher for me. It's like, I like the fact that he's like, well, I play the sitting King because that makes me hyper aggressive. And the best defense is a good offense. So if I beat, like, if you're worried about losing, you're going to lose versus I'm going to beat you first. And I, I at least like that strategy, you know, like, Oh, this is the best move. So he's finding the girl who's memorized two hundred twenty thousand online matches or some, something like that. They're, they mention it's like Kaiser, not Kaiser, Kaisen matches. It's some weird Shogi. It's, it's probably something to do with actual Shogi that I don't know what it is. But she's like, oh yeah, this one is like 81% good move. And so she's playing defensively and he's like, that's why you're going to lose because
0: I'm focused on attacking. Yeah, I certainly had some character to it. What did you put at 19, Kevin? At 19, I had you. Hey, me too. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I don't think anything actually happened. Like, there was, like, two serves in the volleyball game, and that was it. Yeah. And nothing really came of them. It's like, all right, so the one team's still in the lead.
0: It is in that block for me, just saying. Yeah, I no. only put it above Beast Children because I like the art more. And the characters, I can tell which character is which, even though if I don't really know what their deals are, I can certainly say, hey, that's that one and that's that one from a character design yep. standpoint. Well, how do you have it at 18, Zach? Shinobi Squad. <laughs> What's your thoughts on <laughs> Shinobi Squad? Yeah, like I, I <laughs> re- So about mine. I read yep. it
1: and it was like, I think you're sub- trying to make me feel something, but I don't. Yeah,
0: that's the experience of reading Tokyo Shinobi Squad <laughs> yep. in a sentence. I just put it a little higher because at least there was a good punch in it. Yeah, so my, my 18 was Beast
2: Children. I like the art slightly better in Beast Children than I do in Haiku. Interesting. So, I'm I'm not saying I like it a lot. I like it slightly more. I just I, like, I, I'm just saying
0: interesting. Yeah. Because like it's weird to be flipped on it. I have double ties at eighteen. It's not great. No. What do you got at seventeen, Zach? Haiku. Because again, I don't play
1: volleyball like Kevin said, there's only like two serves and I'm sitting here going, I don't know who any of you people are. I don't really care. I'm not sure what's going
2: on. This chapter felt really bad for the, even if I knew who these people were, I would feel like not a whole lot happened in this chapter. Like, there are some where it's like, I understand what you're, tr- I, I have a feeling of what you're trying to get me to feel, but since I don't know who this character is, I don't feel it. Versus this time, I was like,
1: it's like
0: nothing happened.
1: I think somebody got a block, but I'm yeah. not willing to say for
2: sure. What do you have it? Seventeen.
0: Oh, Tokyo Shinobi Squad. Same. <laughs> it had a good punch. That's why it went over some other stuff. Yeah, uh, but it, the punch didn't make me feel anything. That sure is manga. <laughs> yep. Hey, look, Naruto punched a guy. <laughs> He's not even in this manga. Yeah. What do you have
1: at sixteen, Zach? Did Kevin say what he had at seventeen? Tokyo okay. Shinobi Squad. Oh, okay, I wasn't sure if I had heard you. Sixteen. I have Jujutsu Kaisen because like I was, I watched, or I I watched. I read through it and was like, I don't know who any of you are. Why are you on a vacation when you apparently have a hostage situation?
0: So th- it, they have their itinerary and they have already rescued the person. They just skip over that, which is super weird to me. That was one of the reasons
2: why it's very low for me on the list. The yeah. person, The person on the far right that they're talking to is the person that got kidnapped. So yeah, like, they well, the that opening, itinerary.
1: The opening thing they're talking about having to go rescue a hostage and yes, then they just <laughs> And then
2: they just do it in an itinerary. Yep. I'm not saying it was a good plan. I'm just, just trying to, what to yeah, what happened.
0: <laughs> but I, it's I, kind of a ballsy move. But we're in this weird flashback in a flashback already. Uh, I didn't put it super high either. <sighs> I did not like the
2: move, but I at least got what was going on and <laughs> It is interesting to see Gojo Sensei being stabbed, and it's like, what's going to come of this? Well, again, the problem with doing flashbacks like this, I know the ma- I know the <laughs> dude doesn't die because he <laughs> exists later in time. He's, he's
1: currently flashing back to this.
2: Yeah, my number sixteen was Double Taisei. Like I said, I thought it. The reason that it went a bit higher for me, even though I don't like it, was the fact that it was his stance was like the best defense is a good offense.
0: Yeah, I. Like, it says something about Say's character, right? Like, I, we talked about a lot on this, though. Like, this just feels like it's too late. Like, this should have been happening in Chapter 3. Yeah. I have F. Ken at number 16. I guess I just like liked the spirit of it a little bit more than you guys. Definitely a weird read, and I'm glad I don't have to read it next week. Don't I, get yes. me wrong. I
1: also... One of the reasons why mine ended up so low for that one is I really didn't like the spirit in which this one was portrayed. I really Same. got a bad message out That's of that fair. series. So Yeah, I'm like, it's definitely...
0: I, misogynistic a little bit,
1: right? Yeah, that's why I'm like, I really don't think this, like, I I do believe every piece of art has a right to exist, but man, I'm glad I don't ever have to interact with you again.
2: Yeah, it, it has a right to exist, I just don't have to look at it. So, I did, just going back on it, I also put it down at the bottom because I just didn't like the fact that those four dudes are ruined for the rest of time. Like, I feel really sorry for them. I was like, oh, these guys used to be so nice. And it was like, oh, we made up with the manager. You can fix them, right? No. Oh.
0: Hey, get a psychologist. I'm sure he can. It's just not her skill set. Maybe. I,
1: I think it was supposed to be funny and it didn't make me
0: laugh.
2: No, it fair. was so. Nothing's
0: yeah. worse than a joke that doesn't land. What do you have at 15, Zach? Chainsaw Man. Hey, evil, me too, actually.
1: Evil government organization is evil. And I'm like, uh, ah, all
0: right. Yeah, I just feel like nothing really happened in this chapter of Chainsaw Man. Like, from the perspective of someone who reads and has a relationship with Chainsaw Man. It just felt like a real meh chapter. Yeah. Like, and the Yakuza stuff was just like, I get what you're going for here, but like, it's not that impressive to me. Which is a lot of Chainsaw Man, actually.
2: Yeah. So my number 15 was Yui Kamio.
0: I just don't like this manga. I do. I can't tell you why I do. You
2: like not liking it.
0: It's not quite even that.
2: I was surprised, because I,
1: I actually knew of the author who wrote Yui Kameo. Well, what else have they done? Neuro Rise of the Yokai Clan. I've actually seen the anime for that. I haven't gone back through and tried to find the manga, but I am familiar with it.
0: Never I heard of not.
1: it. <laughs> I'm familiar with it, and I liked it, so...
0: I mean, like I said, I kind of... Yui Kamio's not good, but, like, I want it to be good. Like, I can see a good series in there if we get rid of all the bad that's on top of it. And I would like that series, so... What do you have at fourteen, Zach? I've got beast children. I'm
1: not a rugby fan. I like American football, and they're like going through and talking about all this rugby stuff, and I'm just looking at it, going, I'm, "I, I don't play rugby. I don't really understand the rules, nor do I really care, and because yeah. I don't have any investment in the characters, this guy's background, and having him have like overcome some issue or being reminded of something, I just don't care."
2: Yeah,
0: my number fourteen was Jujutsu Kaisen. Me too, because of that itinerary thing we talked about, which is, like, I get what they're going for, the details aren't important, but the pacing is just so weird because of it. And the thing that really bothered me was, I had to go
2: back to figure out the itinerary skit. I was like, now they're at a beast vacation. Wait, that was the person (laughs) that got, wait, what? And I Because it was, like, back a page. So I had to go back a page and then go, oh, that's dumb. Like, that just, that didn't work. I... You know, alright, cool, you tried it. it, it didn't work. And so it went up higher than a lot of other stuff on the list because of the ending with Gojo sensei being stabbed. I was like, you know, clearly I know he go he gets out of this, especially because and the assassin, um, more than likely does as well because he's one of the main characters' dads. So I'm interested to see where that goes, but that one just confused me because I saw the itinerary and was like, Why are they on a beach vacation when they're supposed <laughs> to be engaging in a hostage rescue? Yeah, no, that that had the same thing. I was like to me that was Gojo sensei being his in the flashback typical arrogant asshole self. Yeah. Of his like, like, well they sent us to they sent us to a beach area, so we might as well go on a beach vacation during our hostage rescuing. And like that seemed totally in character to the way he has been in the flashback where he just doesn't give a crap about anything. That's true. What do you have at lucky thirteen,
0: Zach?
1: I've got Doctor Stone at number thirteen because they show the like the shattering of people and that being like this big deal, and I'm just like, and then it doesn't matter. And I was, I, so I put down no consequences.
0: Yeah, I can see where you're coming from as someone who's read the series up to this point. We already know that a shattering someone is not a big deal, so yeah. it's. So, like, the context is different. But I can definitely see taking that away from it with just this chapter.
2: Yeah. My number 13 was Chainsaw Man. So, it went slightly higher for me, and I don't really know why.
0: Uh, My 13 was Yui Kamiyo, because I like it, but that doesn't make it good magically. I mean, I like this evil violinist who makes zombies monster. I like that we're kind of getting a similar arc to the last one, but Yui's in her black-haired form this time. But also, like, I, I really like the joke of like the one kind of dumb girl being like, "Oh, you're like a super famous violinist. I saw it on a poster, like just that like <laughs> ditzy after thing really made me laugh
2: but that that was pretty good. I did like the <laughs> I saw it on a poster. It was like I saw that I read that on the internet,
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly, like
1: it's a good little joke. What do you have at twelve zach? This is where people start trying to lynch me. I have my hero down at number twelve. Ah, uh, hey, said so why. Because oh, okay. it's
0: because it's just like a fight that like, it's just a brief bit of a fight, like it doesn't have any emotional stakes, and I think everything above it had at least a little bit of that. To me,
2: I got you. My number twelve with Doctor Stone. I can kind of see why this is super popular over in Japan, but to me, this is MacGuffin's the manga. <laughs>
0: It is a little like it's definitely a got a formula of oh no a problem senku in, <laughs> senku invents solution senku casts solve problem but he's a scientist not a wizard but scientist is yeah just so a he wizard invents solve with problem all the, with all the spells changed to science turns yes yeah it's a it's a reskin of a wizard I think it's got like a good like a lot, the art is good and I think it's got a good humor to it. Yeah, Which I think is why it's popular. Although you said you could see it too.
2: Yeah, it's like I see why it's extremely popular. And it's usually cruising around the middle of the list for me. And that's like, I even remember mentioning it. it It's like, it's almost always cruising around the middle of the list. So it's not like it's particularly bad. It's just not exactly my cup of tea. So it doesn't go up. I did like the joke where they have the thing where, is it you say? Yeah. They kind of predict what he's going to say. It was like, ha, huh, I'm the first person to be revived twice. And, and like, and there's like, no I, way he's going to say that.
0: And that's exactly what he I says. did like that. I did really like that bit. Yeah, that's why I put it higher, is that exact bit you're talking about. And I do love the one character who's like, that does he wouldn't say that. And they're the other one's like, yeah, that actually sounds like exactly what he would say. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I did like that joke.
1: It just. Yeah. What do you have at 11, Zach? One Piece. Again, this, a lot of these, like, My Hero and Upper stuff that I really, really did enjoy. I just, and like I said, I, I rated them out of five, and yeah. then just put them as a list as I found them in my notepad thing here. So, like, they're kind of in order, it's just not a specific set order like your guys' are, I think.
2: Yeah, we we do ours in a specific order.
0: But it is sometimes hard to, like, I often feel like I have blocks, and then have to, like, make a yeah. decision. Well, yeah. Especially
1: because, like, most of these ended up being low-rate, just because of the fact that I a lot of it was... I don't know who any of these people are.
2: Yeah, that'll happen a lot. I also have that kind of block feeling, although I just tend to like go with a gut feeling, and it's like, ah, what do I put here? This name popped in my head. There it goes. What do you have at eleven, Kevin? Uh, at eleven, I have black clover. Me too, actually. And we totally forgot to talk about the cliffhanger that happened last week, which is actually kind of important. That maybe you didn't notice. I right don't think top. I
0: did notice it. So... I
2: I noticed it, and it like it just slipped my mind. Because I think I read
0: the that shonen... the Wizard King is younger now.
2: The Wizard King is alive.
0: Okay, yeah, well, I died. think we did talk about that a little bit, but I didn't realize that he is now in a younger body until this is that, chapter.
1: Is that the original one that you guys no were talking about no? That came this back, is the current or... one. Okay. The original
0: one turned back into a statue.
2: Yeah,
1: okay, I, and I, is
0: basically dead again.
1: I wasn't sure of that, so that's I that's
2: curious. Yeah, this is the current this was Wizard the current. King. Well, not any longer, but yeah. he was the current Wizard King until he died early on in this arc. Not. Well, no. Early on in this arc, because his spell book is now just a page. Well, that he mentioned that he's like severely weakened, and he's like, oh, I can't be wizard king anymore. And I just love how Yami is like, you know, most people don't get to come <laughs> back from death.
1: Stop complaining about yeah. it.
0: Ah. <laughs> I'm not as powerful as I used to be anymore. You're still alive. I really like the cliffhanger on this one, where he's like, so there are three problems. One, I don't have any of my powers. Two, we'll probably get in Three, Asta will probably die. And I love both his reaction and even more, I love, I can't think of her name now, Noble that has a crush on him. Uh, Noelle. Noelle. Noelle's reaction. It's like, she just gets super cheapy and like, What?
2: Yeah, that was really good. <laughs> that made um, me laugh. I also liked the bit where Julius does the thing of like, "What kind of magic do you have?" Because that's how he's been throughout the whole series. Like, that was one of the reasons he really likes Asta. He's just like, because <gasps> it's like that. He's this. He's a magic nerd essentially. <laughs> he's, he's like he's, Harry Dresden, but he's, with less
1: collateral damage.
2: Yeah, he. Well,
0: uh, there's quite a lot of collateral damage, <laughs> but he as much as Harry Dresden, really? No, <laughs> I feel like. Black Clover would have more just because it's on, like, a higher scale of magic. He is technically, he's basically the True. emperor of an entire country, so, but he
2: definitely has that, like, oh, this is so cool, and I just loved when he's talking to Nero, who he technically met before, he's like, what kind of magic do you have? And he gets the, I love the way they draw his eyes, it just, it makes it seem like he just suddenly becomes so childlike, like, ooh, what's your trick? So, uh, I do, I do like Black Clover, I did like it. And I honestly, I think we forgot to talk about the fact that Julius was back. I remember it being like, oh, he came back. That's so cool. And then I remember I read the chapters earlier and we recorded later. So it ended up not like sticking in my mind.
0: And it didn't like play to me because I didn't know how he had died. Like, I got the impression they thought he was dead. But for all I knew, he could have been like, they never found a body. Dead. No,
2: he got stabbed by Licht in the, so Licht was, he summoned this giant spell that was going to, like, wipe out the entire capital city. Like, essentially, I'm going to summon a meteor kind of thing, only it was a bunch of swords made of light. And so Julius stopped it, but because he was stopping that, Licht was able to stab him with a sword, killing him.
0: Gotcha. Yeah,
2: so it was like, oh no, he died, that's so horrible. And it's like, nope, I'm still here. Well, sort of.
0: I'm mostly here. I'm here, but I'm not able to be the Wizard King anymore. You know we'll have to do it, probably. Or Yammy. This this is very Naruto, so I It seems like it's going to be a yammy thing. He was pretty instrumental in defeating that devil, too. Yeah, well, and
2: he's also extremely powerful, versus Yuno and Asta, while still powerful, still kids. Yeah. Like, they still have the goal of... This does kind of have the Naruto feel of, like, all right, so now Tsunade is going to be the Hokage for a little bit until one of you two can do it.
0: What do you have at number 10, Zach? Promise Neverland. Yeah, you talked about how you just felt it was generic, so I understand that. I have it a little bit higher myself, mostly for that Norman reveal we talked about.
1: It just seemed like that was whenever they, when everyone started talking about like being proud to have served with him and given him a purpose. I'm like, oh yeah, so that's probably going to come up. And up oh, there it is, right there. I've seen that before.
0: Yeah, the context is a little different because that's to help humanize these people who are kind of monsters. But it is basically the same stuff.
2: Yeah. So my number 10 was My Hero. As silly as it is, I like the let's go full Tagoro
0: and 150% power. I also do kind of like that. I shouldn't say that that was a knock. Tagoro's not as good as Sensui, but he's the second best Yu Hakusho villain. And I really like Yu Hakusho.
2: Yep. I also love he puts on the uh, Kill a Kill torment suit to be like,
0: (laughs) I need to be more stressed out. Yeah, I didn't even catch that, but you're right. I have Samurai 8 at number 10. Mostly because like, the fight scene was muddy and not very clear. Okay. I still enjoyed it. Yeah. Lucky number nine, Zach?
1: I have Act 8 because I didn't really understand a whole lot of what was going on, but I do understand rage. So that's
2: pretty much it. Kevin? My number nine was We Never Learn. It was cute, funny, We Never Learn, but it was just kind of, again, close to the middle of the list. Hmm.
0: I have Last Sayuki at number nine. Again, it's just less than I expect from Last Sayuki. The end bit with Ryonosuke and Koharu is really good, but that's pretty typical stuff for Last Sayuki. Not that it was bad here, but definitely something I've seen before and expected. And like I said, this whole little inside Koharu's head arc has not been my favorite. Gotcha. Number eight, Zach.
1: Black Clover, that last moment of, uh, we have three problems. This is going to happen, this is going to happen, and Astia is going to die. Because the artwork on Asta's reaction and I I guess her name's Noelle's reaction in that panel just made me laugh. Noelle's
0: just just like, she's like, oh no. (laughs) And Asta,
1: whereas Asta has the super over the top.
2: Yes.
0: It's
1: it's (laughs) just like, it's included with, what is it like? I can't be Wizard King, we're going to be be invaded (laughs) and then he's going to die. And it's like, one of these things is not like the others. We're not talking scale here. Yeah, but I also like, Asta's
0: like, yes, but we are talking about me. Yeah, and
2: Noelle is like, my boyfriend, I mean the person that I like, I mean no, no, Asta, my oh, teammate.
0: No. Oh, no, that guy.
2: Very good. My number eight was samurai.
0: It's just thematically appropriate.
2: Yeah, there we go. I do like, as silly as it sounds, I like when samurai is at number eight. When I put it at like number seven or something, I'm like ah, oh, but it's not at number eight. Like I don't, I don't want to try and rank it that way, but it's just funny to me when it ends up being there. It's like,
0: huh, that's cute. I have Dr. Stone at eight. Like I said, Ryusei is like my favorite Dr. Stone character, and he's back now. And also, there's a good joke revolving around him. So, yep. what do you have at seven, Zach?
1: Uh, I have Hell's Paradise at number seven because that was a really bitchin' fight scene. Oh, yeah. I have it yeah. a little higher
0: for the same reason. Like yep. that punch. I talked about the punch in Sh- Snokey Oh, Shinobi Squad. This punch is butter, and it actually means something. And, like, we get cool explanations of mechanics of the powers, which is something I'm here for.
1: Well, and the teamwork strike. I really liked her coming out of nowhere to help cut the dude in half. But yeah, like I, I just really like that fight scene.
0: Yeah. I, Hell's Paradise has been very good since this kind of arc started, I feel.
2: Yeah. I'm also starting to get more into it because I'm getting caught back up on the backlog. And that's kind of cool. One of the reasons why we were apprehensive about it at first was, was like, this seems cool, but I have no idea who these people are or what they're doing here or why they're here. I can definitely understand that. My number seven was One Piece. I thought it was cool, I like the Kaido and Lillin. Lillin? Linlin? Big Mom. Big Mom. <laughs> Fight that's gonna be going down. And I did like the we're kind of like starting to wrap up what some of the Straw Hats are gonna be doing, and it's like, here's their two wanted posters. Here's their two wanted posters. And of course Sanji's looks ridiculous. <laughs> At least not as ridiculous as his original wanted poster, but still. So I like I like that bit.
0: I have promised Neverland at seven. Everything above it, I really, really like this week. But well, I, I didn't have the generic problems that Zach had with it. It did feel like this beat was the same as last week. Yeah. Only six more, Zach. Not
1: my number six. I actually had Yui Camille because I found it really fun.
0: Yeah. Like I said, I it's not good, but I like it. But I also feel like you might like it more coming in at the start of an arc. And also not having the weird baggage of the previous... Like, even the previous chapter where he has Yui in the weird tickle machine to interrogate her. Like, even not having that baggage, I feel like, makes this I mean, better.
1: I've, I've also seen the whole music killing people who hear it thing before. Fairy tale actually used it really early on. Yeah. But, like, I liked the artwork. And like I said, I've, I've at least seen something by the guy before that I liked. And, like, I liked the... Imp- the implication for what's going forward or at the very least what I understood of the implication I could be entirely off base
0: yeah like I said there's a good series in here and I would love for that to start being the one that comes out every week yeah so my number
2: six was Hell's Paradise
0: Mine as well it, uh we just talked about it yeah so. good fight
2: scene good, good fight scene yep yep number five Zach
1: Samurai largely because of that reveal of Being a bunch of them, and that artwork of the dude's astral fang, or whatever the hell it was actually called. Atmos fang. Atmos fang just looked really cool.
2: Yeah, like, that was one of the reasons I put Samurai pretty high up there, was I liked that, and I love the fact that he does it with a toothpick, like, the sword is too powerful, I must use this. My number five was Demon Slayer.
0: Mine as well, because it's a really cool fight, but it is just a fight.
2: Yeah, so, it's one of the reasons why I like Demon Slayer, but it didn't have... It would have been much higher, or not, it can't have gone much higher, but would have been higher if there had been an emotional beat within the good fight scene, which does happen for some of the chapters, but it's always nice to know, like, well, as long as they're in a fight, the fights are always really cool. Number
0: four.
1: My number four was Demon Slayer, because I really liked that
2: fight. I thought it was really cool. My number four was Act Age. I
0: really like the...
2: Is her name Momoshiro, or am I I, getting that? I
0: think so, or Momochiro, maybe. Yeah, because I feel like they call her Chio, cutely.
2: I just really liked the. Well, I'm going to method act, but like, I've never, you know, I've never struggled like Kay has, but I just I hate her so much,
0: and the director (laughs) being like that, we'll use that. I have one piece at number four, just because, like you said, it feels like this arc is coming together, and that's all I've wanted from this arc of One Piece for the last couple of weeks.
1: Yeah. What do you have at number three, Zach? Last Sayuki, because that moment between Koharu and Rienosuke, that's why I'm here. That, that's why I read fiction.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's why I like Last Sayuki so much. It's just a moment I've seen before. Yeah,
2: so my number three was Promised Neverland. I just really liked the bit with Norman also being sick, like because they really haven't hinted at it. So it's like, oh, that makes a bunch of stuff make more sense now.
0: I have We Never learn at number three, because that bit where she writes, hey, pass all your exams on the coupon is why I read fiction. I mean, it's much the same sort of thing. I just really like that one. Yeah. But you have it number two, Zach? We Never learn
1: because of that exact same thing. I, I found the whole chapter very charming, and that just really pushed it up on, on my list.
0: Yeah, like, it was a pretty typical We Never Learn" chapter until that page turn, and then it was just, like, very good all of a sudden, which is nice, because... I We Never learned has been kind of middish for me for a long time now, so yeah. it was nice to have a really good one.
2: My number two is The Last Sayuki. I really like that ending bit and I think you might be putting The Last Sayuki too much up on a pedestal when That's you're like oh, I've seen possible. this bit before. It's like well, it's only been 20 chapters and just because you've seen it before doesn't mean it's not good and it's like I just really like that kind of rebonding between Ryunosuke and Koharo even though it was kind of well, I mean, we kind of saw this a little bit before. I liked how the backstory of his dad being like, I kind of forced them to do it because I needed Ryanosuke to be Sai, or I needed her to him to be the Monkey King or whoever he's supposed to be in the story, versus the apple-headed dude who I think is actually the crown now that... <laughs> like, the speech bubbles come <laughs> from the crown, not the weird apple head, so I think it's literally the crown
0: I can operating see some from.
2: weird <laughs> puppet body. That is my fan theory. But he was like, yeah, I created this guy to be the perfect Sai. And then Rianosuke's dad being like, well, no, I like my son, so it's going to be my son. <laughs> screw you.
0: Well, even the Applehead guy's like, do you think that's best? He's like, yeah.
2: Well, yeah. I, I mean, it wasn't just that I want it to be my son. Screw you. He was like, well, I'm going to give this a shot and see if it works. So I thought that was cool.
0: I have Act agent number two, because I just really like the, yes, channel your hate, and the spike. Let spite it flow in my- <laughs> through you. Yeah. It just was really good. Yeah. So we all have Food Wars. I mean, Jerry Springer. I mean, Food Wars at number one. It sounds like it, because that's what I have. Yeah. that's
2: That's what we all have. Even though I read it a couple of weeks ago, it's just, it was really good, and it's, I think some of it is because Food Wars has ended, so it's like... Yeah, I just I it's ended, but I get a little bit more. So I want more. So I was really into it. But I just I loved a bunch of the stuff of it. I really liked the jury and Soma's mom, which shows the I know her name is given.
1: In her here, name is given. I, I, I don't know it.
2: I forgot it. I'm usually much better about remembering names. I just I really liked that bit where she was like, well, I, I guess I can let you into the kitchen kind of moment of like that was her confession. And I liked it, and then I definitely loved Arina's mafia style. We are having family dinner now.
0: <laughs> That's what I like because I'm all about that Arina, as you know. Yes, she can right. be the main character for the rest of it, as far as I'm concerned. She just needs to get that soma back. She kind <laughs> of
2: is. She's she is the main character for this. She's for this, not the well. I mean, she can,
1: I was gonna say she, she's kind of a... Um, one of the main, like, three characters for Food Wars in general. She's definitely because the second most of, important, I think. Because it's all about her when you actually boil it or break it down.
2: Yeah, no, she is definitely a main character. I like that there are even stuff like Jujutsu Kaisen. The, there's Itadori and the black-haired guy are both, like, main characters. Like, we get backstory on them early on. It's kind of like the... Naruto-Sasuke thing, where it's like Naruto is the main character, but Sasuke is also a main character.
0: And Shikamaru can be a main character for this arc, why not? Sure.
1: (laughs) The English voice actor for Arena is like a valley girl, and it always makes me laugh.
0: That makes sense for Alice, but really not Arena.
2: Well, she doesn't sound... I I haven't heard... I don't actually think I've heard the dub of Arena now that I think about it. The the dub of
0: Arena sounds
1: very valley girl.
2: Okay. I was like, she doesn't sound like a valley girl? Wait, no, I've only listened to the subtitled
0: thing, so...
1: It make, I think it's fine. It just makes me laugh.
0: Yeah. All right. So that does it for this extra large jump card. And we will talk about Claymore after the break. All right, so we read Volume 1 of Claymore this week, and Zach, since this was at your request, what do you like about Claymore? Why did you want to read it this week?
1: Claymore was, again, like I said, a series I ran into when I was watching through a lot of different anime when Netflix still sent discs. This was a series that I liked in part because of the fight scenes, but as... I got down to the end of it, and it's got the same problem that Tenjo Tenge has, at least with the anime. It goes back in time to go through a backstory real quick, and that takes up, like, half the anime. (laughs) But it's not as big of a problem in the manga to, like, address conflicts and problems that didn't show up here, but are... I I definitely like the implications of them and going forward. It's also serious. I never actually finished reading, because I read through a lot of it online and then just never got around to finishing it.
2: So Zach also pointed out earlier that he has a thing where he likes manga about lone wanderers with giant weapons fighting monsters. That yeah, was, was say-
1: not intentional. I realized that after I picked up the book and was like, okay, I'm going, this is real similar to Berserk in the baseline like idea.
0: Yeah, I had noticed that, yes. I liked it actually a lot more than I liked that first volume of Berserk, if I'm being honest. I have a lot of the same problems with it and that I feel like, I'm not super like I'm not connecting super well to Claire, but I also like have more trust in it weirdly that that's intentional and more of that will be revealed than I did with Berserk, even though I have both of you telling me it would be in Berserk.
1: Yeah, I think it's because this one does spend a lot more time kind of explaining it. It explains a lot more than Berserk did.
0: Yeah, there's more exposition, and also I think the themes are a lot more interesting. I don't want to say female main characters are inherently more interesting than male ones, because I don't believe that, but I'd be super, super interested in like a feminist reading like analysis of this, because I think there are some really interesting themes there. In particular, how Claire is a half-breed, and she's seen as kind of less than human and i don't want to say the author's making an analogy to how sometimes women aren't treated like they're fully human but just reading it i couldn't help but pick up on that a little bit especially because i've been looking at some screen writing stuff and a lot of times studios feel that female characters has to be justified to be included in the narrative and i just was seeing a lot of that like reflected here and I think that would be, like, a super interesting piece of criticism to read.
2: Yeah, well, I, I also like that they talk about the fact that only women can be claymores. So I thought it it had that dichotomy of, oh, they're not treated as human, but, like, we need them to fight the monsters kind of thing. Like, uh, we treat them as not real people when they're in front of us, but, like, we need them desperately kind of thing.
0: Especially since the only female characters in at least this part are claymores. Yeah, uh, I
1: think there are. I think they appear on screen, but I don't. think I was they like, there are there are women really...
2: in the village, but none of them speak.
1: I think one of them does, but it's not very long. I think it's, it's like a, in a chapter three, I think, because there's a female ca- or a female like innkeeper or assistant to the mayor or something like that. Yeah,
2: but uh, it's like more of like a background. She's like reacting to something, maybe like they're all of the characters that are introduced are male except for the two claymores.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I do understand what you guys are saying, but that's a lot deeper than I ever thought.
0: So, well, that's just like, like I said, it's what stood out to me, and I'm like, this is actually be very interesting for exploring these themes. It's similar to like my initial reading of Yui Kamio was like, oh, it's could potentially be talking about all these things, and it's not. Whereas this, I feel like, I, whether it's intentional or not, I do feel like it's digging into those a little bit. There are also some obvious transhumanism themes in it. Because it's about people who are becoming part monster, and the more they use those monster parts, like, the closer they become to literally becoming monsters. Which is all super, I don't want to say generic, but it's certainly stuff I've seen before. But it's also there. So, like, those two themes immediately made this more interesting to me than Berserk. Yeah.
1: Well, I think, uh, at least to me... They start off with presenting Claymores as being mostly monsters, but then you immediately get humanizing because Rocky starts talking to her. So it it stops being, like, because Guts never in the first volume seems human.
0: No. And, like, obviously with Claire, they're going for, no, obviously she is. People just don't treat her like that. Which, again, is why I kind of got that, like, this is about treating women weirdly sort of vibe. And how that, maybe that's wrong. And, again, I don't know how intentional that is, but the author's dead, so I can take. Is he really? No, that was a meta But the, the metaphorical author is dead. Oh, are you not familiar with that as a piece, like as literary criticism, as theory? I
1: don't believe I've heard it before.
0: Oh, it just means what the author intended doesn't matter. Oh, okay. which which I don't one hundred percent believe. Let me get this clear. That's not my reading of everything, but I think that's a valid way to read anything. Okay, that is definitely not something I. Believe. I had not
1: heard that before. I had
0: not heard
2: that before, but. I definitely I, think what the author intend matters a lot. I um, thought you meant he was actually dead. So no, did I.
0: I don't know anything about them. Sorry. I thought that was a pretty commonly known like school of literary criticism. You would think I would know about yeah, it. I definitely but... think you would know about it, Zach. I'm an engineering guy. Yeah, so... so it makes more sense to me that you haven't heard of it, Kevin. I yep. mean, it gets thrown out a lot as a way to justify reading the works of morally. Terrible people, like say Orson Scott Card. And it's problematic when you use it for that because that's not actually what it means. But so I just thought you guys would have heard of it colloquially. But I maybe I educated some listeners because I educated the two of you at least. So that would be worth it. So anyway, Claymore, very similar to Berserk in that it's a fantasy setting with monsters. They are much more human like monsters. I guess vampires would be a good comparison. That's not exactly right. I guess they're closest to ghouls from Fallout, maybe. But, but they're they more
2: have... they're more mimics
0: they're yeah. actually i
1: i actually having gone through it, they strike me more close to ghouls out of the Dresden files because they do eat they they eat people they don't like just drink their blood they do actually eat people and they can look norm like normal
0: humans you so you can't tell the difference between a yoma, which is what the monsters are called and a normal human. Unless you are a claymore, because they have these silver eyes, and like I said, talking about transhumanism, they have somehow. I, d- do they literally eat them? I think that's the, uh, at least I, what we're told
1: here. They I mentioned don't that believe they it's presented exactly how they do it, but they do have.
2: They mentioned it was it to me. It seemed like it was like a ritual of like they get not necessarily injected with some of their blood and eat their flesh, but that's kind of the way it felt like. It was like we have to go through. This ritual to become Claymores, where we're given Yoma bits to make ourselves into Claymores. I also like yeah. the fact that she says our organization has no name. Like, you call us Claymores. We don't have a name for ourselves. And I, I thought that was pretty cool.
0: Have you read or watched this at all before, Kevin? Just I'm curious what your context Very is. Very so, briefly. Okay.
2: So, yes, in the fact that I knew it existed. No, in the fact that, other than the fact that they fight monsters. I don't know anything
0: about it. So it's got a very Western, or I guess probably more accurately, samurai movie feel. At least this first volume does. Where basically Claire gets hired to do a job. She gets told by her boss, basically, who all we really see do is give her bad advice and collect the money afterwards. Yep. She's always like, I don't collect the money. Someone will be around to do it. Well, well,
1: I mean, that one always, I never really questioned, but it is a little weird that they they don't act actually collect the money, it's always the dude after them, although the point that they make of it uh, doesn't matter. If I die or fail, you don't have to pay
0: anything. Yeah. It does make sense. And I do like it as a character trait, but it kind of dehumanizes her in a lot of ways, which, which I think is the point. And I assume as the series goes on, she's humanized more and more. But like I said, I definitely got sort of a similar off-putting vibe as I did with Guts, but again just the way it was written, it seemed not more intentional, but more like it was going to come out eventually, if this volume was more than say four chapters. I yeah. think
1: that's I think going at it because of because Guts is supposed to be fully human, and he acts not at all like that, whereas this character actually does have a lot of human traits
2: with how she reacts to, say, Rocky. Yeah. But like with Guts, it's more of a I need to push everyone away kind of thing. Versus Claire just has the more, everyone treats me differently, so I might as well roll with it. I mean, she doesn't have that, like, tone about her, but she just, she has that feeling of, like, everyone treats me like a monster, so I'm not going to pretend otherwise.
0: I mean, that's fair. Yeah, like I said, thematically, it's super interesting to me, even if these themes were stumbled on by mistake. Yeah. Although, like, plot-wise, unfortunately, there wasn't a lot that I enjoyed. I didn't hate it or anything, but it just feels like four kind of separate, very westernish stories. The fourth one is probably the most interesting, where we find out that Claymores eventually become monsters, and when they're close, they call for another Claymore to kill them. Yeah.
1: I mean, I, I think when I was thinking through this one, most of the chapters are world-building in different aspects.
0: Yeah, and character building, too. We do find out more and more about Claire and uh, Rocky's characters through these small adventures. The second one, I think, is the weakest, in part because Rocky isn't there, and in part because the art in it, there are some cool ideas there. But a lot of it, I don't think, was as good as in the other chapters. In particular, there's this bit where there's a monster flying away, and she throws her sword at it, which is a super cool moment. But I don't think it's drawn particularly well, because no, the, the motion lines are all over the place. I had more felt like she
2: threw the sword and then the sword was impaled in the monster. Like it didn't, it didn't feel like she threw the sword at it. It was more like looking at two images of here's her winding up. Here's the sword in the Yoma. Okay.
1: I did have to look at it for a little bit. And I do remember saying to myself, I know what's going on. That's kind of cool. But this particular panel looks
0: really weird. <laughs> Whereas in contrast where she's like drawn slicing into somebody, because there's lots of, not decapitations, but like limb removals. Those all she look super weird. She really good. likes taking off people's arms. Yes. She she, she yeah. watched those Star Wars movies and was like,
1: ooh, I can do that. Because I, I think there are, I want to say four arms in four chapters. I think so. Because there's two in the first chapter. And there's at least one more in Chapter 3. I don't know if she actually gets anybody's arm in Chapter 2, but I would bet on it.
0: I'm curious structurally. I assume this goes into more typical arc storytelling after a little while.
1: Yeah, I think the starting chapter of the next volume even does.
0: Yeah, and you were saying, and I kind of agree, this would be a much stronger volume, I think, if we had one more chapter that started an arc, and that would leave you a reason to want to come back. Because this could almost be a self-contained story. Like, I liked it more than Berserk, and I do like it, but, like, just the way it ends, it feels like this could be the end of it in a lot of ways.
2: Yeah, a little bit. It it feels like a very short volume, not just the fact that it's four chapters, but it's only, like, 180 pages, and it just, it feels a little short.
1: I think that's because chapter two is basically one big fight scene.
2: Okay.
0: Yeah, and like I said, chapter two, I think, is definitely the weakest, because the art is at its weakest, and storytelling-wise, I don't really think it does anything. Rocky's in the first chapter, and we get his backstory, and it clearly seems like he's going to be a point-of-view character, and then he pops up in three, and kind of is. And I get why you want that beat without him, to show, like, how Claire is before she has this sidekick, but I also don't think it ends up working very well. Honestly...
2: It might have worked the other way around, so having Chapter 2 be Chapter 1, I know as weird as that sounds of like, here's an introduction to the world, and what Claire's deal is about, and then here's Rocky, and then we go on with
1: that. I think you need Chapter 1 to give context as to what Claymores are, because otherwise it's just a bunch- as weird as this is going to sound- it's just a bunch of lines on a page, and you don't know what
2: it is. I makes. don't necessarily mean literally flip the two chapters, but maybe have Rocky... Introduce Rock- Rocky in the second chapter yeah, instead of the Rocky's first? In, yeah, Rocky's in the second chapter instead of the first one.
0: I see where you're coming from with that. I, I'm not
2: sure that, again, You know, who knows if that would have worked or not, but... I don't think it would, because I
0: think you need a more human character in your first chapter. Which is why I thought, oh, maybe he's not going to come back. Maybe that was the end of his story. And now it's just going to be Claire. Well, and then, maybe another character sort of that role. But we, once he comes back, had, his absence yeah. feels weird.
2: We could have had that, too, where we have some random kid in the village. You know, it's not specifically Rocky, but some random kid in the village is the human character for the first chapter. And then Rocky is it for the second chapter. And then he continues on. Because it does feel really weird where it's like, you know, hey, I'm Rocky. And I'm, like, super interested in this Claymore person. And then I, I'm just gone. But then I'm back. And it's like, yeah. that was... A little a little weird. I
1: feel we should explain who Rocky is because we haven't
0: actually mentioned. We've mentioned him a lot, but not talked about who he is. He's a character in the first chapter who continues on, I assume, throughout the series. Basically, his entire family was eaten by a Yoma, which was looking like his brother. And we find out they're also able to assume memories and such. And Claire comes to his village, and that's what causes him to, like, he... The first people he ate were Rocky's parents, so they were living with their uncles, and when Claire gets there, he eats the uncles, like the rest of his family, before he's going to flee, but yeah. Claire arrives in time to save him, and so he he also is just much more sympathetic to her than normal people are, and treats her like a person, so he ends up trying to follow her when she leaves, and ends up kind of lost and starving, but she finds him and like... Sets him up in an inn and pays for his stay in food. She,
1: He doesn't ki- uh, really necessarily follow her when she leaves. It's more he got kicked out of his village.
0: I assumed he went looking for her. Like, that might be context added in the anime or ch- seen later. I don't remember hearing anything about that. It makes sense he sh- doesn't have a place to stay. Well, I believe...
1: But... um, I, I thought they more of uh, went into it about how... Maybe he followed her, but like, they're... Because his family was killed by a Yoma, there's that stigma attached to him.
0: I mean, that makes sense, but I don't remember seeing any of that in this. Do you remember any of that, Kevin? I,
2: I got a little bit of, maybe not necessarily kicked out of the village, but I definitely got a vibe of, like, because he has the PTSD from, not only were his parents eaten, then his uncles were eaten, and his brother turned out to be the monster. Even his brother got eaten, but it was like, my brother that I've been living with for two weeks has been the monster all along. So, like, the village kind of, like, shunned him of, like, It's not that he got kicked out. It's that no one stepped up and said, hey,
0: you can live with us kind of thing. I mean, that makes sense. And I definitely get why he's fixated as well. Yeah. Regardless, she allows him to follow him uh, ostensibly because he's a good cook until he finds a place he wants to settle down. Yeah.
2: I feel like it's more of the fact that it's because he treats her like a human being.
0: Oh, I agree. It's not quite tsundere because I don't want to reduce Claire that way. But it's that sort of—I I don't know how to express my emotions, so I'm going to come up with this excuse. She's talking me—not—not like, you know,
1: not so much Cindery as the as Ray from Evangelion. I can never remember the, like that terminology. Cuderi? Yeah, Cinderi. I can see that because she does. She doesn't really express emotion necessarily, even when talking about having to go kill a friend in chapter four. Yeah, I mean she kind of does, but at the same time it's very matter of fact.
0: Yeah. All right, I don't know if I have anything else to say about Claymore. I found it interesting. Like I said, what I don't really want to read Claymore so much as I want to read a dissertation on Claymore from a female or from a feminist critical point of view. But like I said that I'm not against reading more of it either though. So I have a
2: bit to talk about with the art. This is another one of the series I think I've mentioned it before where I can kind of hear the action going on, which is something that I really liked. I think another one was Yomushi Pedal. Like, I could hear people biking around on the bicycles, which is a weird feeling to have when reading a manga, but something I think was really cool.
1: Barring that one panel in Chapter there, 2.
2: There are but, a couple of weird panels, but, like, for the most part, I can hear the action going on, and that's something that's really cool to experience.
0: Yeah, I kind of wish I didn't bring up Chapter 2 so early, because it's the exception to the art. Because usually the art is very good, like I said. Yep. When she's chopping into people, it's very good. The action is usually very clear to follow. But I feel like they were just really experimenting with motion lines, and they got drunk on motion lines because there are so many of them. I could definitely believe
1: that. I also found the, char- I found the character designs out of more very distinctive.
2: The one exception to that, I feel like, is the, we have mentioned this before, I feel like he only knows how to draw one male face.
0: The monsters look different? I, I definitely get what you're getting at to I me they like... all look
2: the same they all look like a slightly balding like even rocky kind of it looks like rocky just has slightly more I, hair than all of the monsters I didn't
1: get that for that feeling for rocky although i definitely know what you're talking about when it comes to a lot of the npcs for lack of a better term and i think that's more a matter of just Fading them into the background.
0: Yeah, I thought Rocky was kind of distinct, but I definitely got it with all the male villagers. But again, I felt that was at least a little bit intentional to make them look kind of like NPCs. I just saw Tangled last night, and it does something kind of similar with it, where all the guards kind of look the same. And it's not that Disney can't afford or can't find the talent to make people that are different. That I, it came off to me as intentional.
1: It's also kind of the same thing with most anime in general. You see all like the characters that aren't primary characters. They all look very similar.
0: That said, the first chapter, usually the person's going a bit more all out, and those all look like they're designed characters. And then as it goes on, they fade more in. Whereas this, all the villagers do look pretty much the same.
2: But, but- to me, the big thing was the monsters, at least to me, look very similar. And since the monster had assumed... Rocky's brother's face. He looked very similar because it was his, you know, older brother. So to me, just the feeling I got, it was like, so um, Rocky looks like one of the monsters with just a bit more hair. And on it looks like to me when the monsters monster out, they're just, they're like forehead increases.
0: Yeah. The monster design is absolutely nothing for me. I'll give you that for sure.
2: So that, that's just the feeling I got. I was like, well, he knows how to draw one face and I, everybody has it.
1: I do know that gets better.
2: Yeah, and I, I there, there read There are that.
1: monsters later on that do look really cool. Yeah,
2: and I day. read, like, even the winged monster, I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. Even though, like, we were talking about the fight scenes in the the second chapter being a little weird. I was like, well, at least they mentioned that, it was like, oh, this Yoma has wings. Like, alright, cool. They don't all look like... Uh, to
1: me, it wasn't, like, the whole fight scene in chapter two that's uh, the, the major one. No. It's that one panel. There's... there's Granted, it is yeah. a splash panel, but...
2: There's a couple of ones in chapter two that weren't awesome to me but i even feel like the claymores like claire and her do they even name her claymore friend they they do do name
0: her i don't remember what it is i want to say emma but i'm 90 percent sure i made that but even
2: to even when the so they had the one yoma pretending to be a claymore claire and the claymore that she has to kill also all looked kind of similar it's like hey look it's claire with longer
0: hair yeah i can definitely see that a little bit
2: particularly the the monster pretending? Well, that one makes a lot more sense. Yeah. It was like, hey, look, I saw this Claire person and emulated her. But so that that just kind of like, it's not that the art is bad. It's like, well, they all their faces look very similar. And there were reasons for that for a lot of those characters. But I just I couldn't help but noticing because we've made mention of that with like Demon Slayer and some of those other things where it's like. It's like he learned how to draw one face, and it's like, it's a good face, but it's just that face over and over again. I think for the Claymores, it might be intentional, but... It could totally be intentional. The character's
1: name is Elena, by the way. Okay. It's the the one that she goes and kills. (laughs) You know,
0: know, L's and M's are the same in Japanese, right? So I just got confused. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like I've said all I have on Claymore. I did enjoy reading it. I just, again, I feel the volume would have really benefited from another chapter, but that's not really the material's fault.
2: Yeah. And that's one of the things that it doesn't bother me as much about volumes, especially now that kind of, to me, instead of the volume being like, hey, this is the thing to get you into reading, it's more of like the, we collected the first part of the manga together.
0: And that's certainly what it is, except for in America, all we really have access to, for the most part, with the exception of Shonen Jump, the website is the collected volumes.
1: That's entirely fair. I like the way this one set it up because it it goes into a lot of detail to establish a status quo so now that we've got a status quo, we can go about breaking it or messing with it for later on in the story. Yeah. Yeah,
0: I like I said, I think one more chapter that started uh, and this is where we're going, would have done a tremendous amount for it. I think I would be really excited to read volume two if it had done that. Whereas, like, I'm like, oh, I like this. I like a thumbs up on, like, the generic rating scale. But, Like, I don't feel need to come back.
1: I can definitely understand that because it does kind of give off that
0: feeling of, and this is where it ends. And and like all of the chapters do that. So it's not like I thought I'm confused or think it's the end. It's just like, I don't think it did anything to make me really want to come back.
2: Yeah. The other problem that it suffers that I have with a lot of these manga volumes is I already have a ton of content to consume. Yep. So this didn't. Like, because I have so much, only the cream of the crop floats to the top. And it's not like this was bad. But it's like, this is something I'll put on a list, and maybe
0: eventually I'll get to it. It's one of the problems with doing this podcast survey style the way we do. Yeah. But it's also part of why I want to do it that way, is to look at a lot of the different sorts of content.
1: This one in Rosario Vampire is still very close to the top of my list, because I have a full box set of both.
2: Yeah, versus for me, it's like, oh, I'd have to buy the next one. And, you know, like... It's not like it's a budgeting thing, but it's like, oh, I'm buying this over another one that maybe I'll like more. Like, oh, I was super interested in this one, so I want to read this.
1: Like, I, I do agree. I, I didn't know when this chapter or when this volume ended because I read it online initially. Yeah. I know what's coming up and I really am quite excited for what happens, but that's... That's not excitement generated by this volume. It's excitement generated by the fact that I've already read it.
2: Yeah. So know what
1: happens.
2: Yeah. So. Down the line. So. Like, this is something that, it goes on the list of stuff to consume at some point. I just don't know if I'll ever get there. Because, like, I have a couple of manga that I want to read that are, you know, more interesting. But I have all of this stuff to read. I have a bunch of other stuff to do, and it's like, I just, I run out of time.
1: I'm currently playing Fire Emblem,
2: so all
1: of my time is being consumed. I'm
0: almost through Kingdom Hearts, the franchise. Oh, you're not. (laughs) Look, I started three today. (laughs) Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, so you actually are pretty close. (laughs) I mean, I'm pretty sure three is like a 50-hour game, but
2: pretty close. So you'll have it done by the weekend.
0: Oh, I am on vacation, so that's the hope. And he's not me. I can I can be if a game gets me. We'll see. That's that's for the podcast we're recording tomorrow, though. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I think that uh, does it for our final thoughts, right? Yeah. So it's time to rank Claire on Personality Power Level. Vegeta,
2: what does the scouter say about his power
0: level? Personality Power Level is the segment where we rank manga characters from best to worst. At the top is Uzumaki Naruto, everybody's favorite annoying orange ninja. At the bottom is that guy who isn't Yamcha from that time I got reincarnated as Yamcha. And dead in the center is Red from Pokemon Adventures. Guts, who we ranked the last time Zach was on the podcast, is at number nine. So I think we should kind of start there, again, because they're also very similar series. That's fine. And I definitely like Claire more than Guts, but I'm also the person who had the least input on where Guts got ranked, because you guys know a lot more about Guts. I currently like Guts more than Claire, but that is
2: because in this volume, Claire doesn't really have much of a personality.
1: <laughs> I know a lot about both characters and I I personally I like Guts more and I honestly think he's a bit of a he's a little bit stronger of a character when you get down to it. Although Claire is also very good.
0: Right below Guts we have Bulma from Dragon Ball, and I would probably link Claire below Bulma. Again, because I've only read this first volume, I like Bulma more. Right below Bulma, we have Ronma from Ronma One Half. I kind of want to put Claire above Ronma, but it's a little tricky. I think they're both very interesting characters that can be used to explore very powerful themes. Yeah. I
1: don't know a lot about Ronma, but if I
0: understand do
1: it right that uh, Ronma never really arcs, and I know that even in this brief volume, Claire kind of does because she, she, start, yeah, she starts. Yeah, she starts to go a little more... bit. Yeah
0: yeah, Ron unfortunately gets stuck in Act two of a romantic comedy and therefore isn't allowed to arc really
1: so and even here we see a lot of we, we see some changes with her picking up Rocky and, and bringing him along ostensibly to be a chef, even though she doesn't need to really eat.
0: Do you agree with that assessment? Kevin? Yeah, sure. okay, so Claire will go in. Does Claire have a last name, Zach? No, she's just Claire, I believe that sounds about right, but I figured I would ask. We'll go in at number eleven above Rama and below puma all right so like we said earlier in the show no issue of shonen jump next week so we will be taking next week off the week after that we are going to be back and we are going to be reading bakuman we're going to save that for the end of our shonen summer but we have a guest coming on who can't make it until that last week unfortunately so we're going to read it before then and pretend it's a nice capstone yeah
2: for us it will technically be week 4
0: that's true So, I'll help you join us for that in two weeks. Until then, our opening theme is Fighting Against One's Will by Midair Machine. Our closing theme is A Psychic Fist Fight by Tom W. Emerit. Other music on the show is by Spectacular Sound Productions. And our album art is by Kate Wind on DeviantArt. Lastpodcast.com is our website. And you can listen to our other podcast, It's a Gundam, while you're missing next week's episode. We're at the very good part of Gundam Seed. And you can hear more of Zach. Zach, is there anything you'd like to plug? I got nothing. Kevin?
2: There's some pretty decent anime going on this season, so if you're into that, watch. Like, I'm enjoying Fire Force. All right, we'll see you in two weeks.